What we're dealing with here, glittering air, is a complete lack of respect for the law and smoking the reef. Call the dust pump. We live in a society of laws. That pump? Yeah. No, that's not real. This thing a weed. Takes one side a weekend to train to get that bag. Hello, ladies and gents. Welcome back to the Police Academy podcast. This episode is all about discretion. What is it? How does it apply to law enforcement? And how important is it in the criminal justice system? It's something that we talk about all the time on the fringes. It's it's part of the, our conversation here at Police Academy all the time. But I was recently asked a question directly about uh, discretion and how it applies in law enforcement. So we're going to tackle that one head on today. Uh, first, I'm going to remind you to check out Audible. If you haven't done so, audibletrial.com forward slash police academy podcast gets you one free month, um, one free audiobook in that month, and you can cancel before um, you are charged a single penny. When you go to that link, we get a kickback from Audible and it supports our show. So many of you have already done this, and thank you so much for for trusting me in in checking something out that costs you your hard-earned money if you if you choose to continue the membership. But even if you don't trust me <laughs> to spend it's like $15 a month, you don't have to because it's free. Your first month is free, and you can cancel, you can subscribe, you can download an audiobook. And then you can cancel it before it even charges you anything. So there's really no risk and you might find that you love it. So go check it out. AudibleTrial.com forward slash Police Academy Podcast. The book I want to recommend today is called How to Win Friends and Influence People. It's an old book that's been around for a long time. But for those of us, and that's most of us, who don't have the gift of gab, um, there, you know, there are a few people who can make friends with literally anybody. They can make anyone like them. Those people have the gift of gab and probably don't need to listen to this book. But for the rest of us, it's a great book that pulls out the techniques and tactics that um, are best used in, in the pursuit of making uh, good and deep and meaningful personal connections. If you are a leader, it's a really good book because what your job is as a leader is to motivate uh, and direct the people who are in your charge. And there are good ways and bad ways to do that. This book provides a lot of uh, techniques that will allow you to do that in good ways. So go check it out. AudibleTrial.com forward slash Police Academy Podcast, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Um... The only other thing I want to mention today is that we are looking at a membership for Police Academy Podcast. That does not mean that the, that new episodes are going to be behind a paywall. We're not doing that uh, because I want our show to be available to anyone and everyone. However, we want to provide extra content and extra access to um, things like discussion boards and, and stuff like that to those who 
really love the show and, and want more. So that's we're working on that behind the scenes right now. I just want to let all of you know that in case there is something that you would really love to see in a membership like that. If there is, just reach out to us, let us know. Now is the time to speak up in that regard because we're, we're working on it um, right now. So uh, just send an email out to policeacademypodcast at gmail.com. Um, I, you could reach out to us on Twitter if you prefer, uh, but the email is the best way, even though it's, it's old fashioned nowadays, it's the best way to get a hold of us. I, I will not miss an email. Um, and even though my response times vary, as many of you know, I will get back to you. If you send an email, we will get back to you. So, um, we appreciate your comments and thoughts on that. We're working on that right now. Alrighty then, thumbs up. Let's do this. The topic for the day is discretion. The listener who wrote in by the name of Ryan writes, quote, In your last episode, Police Quotas, you used the word discretion a lot, and I hear it a lot inside my police functions class. My question is, what does that word mean inside the police field? And since I've been hearing a lot about it, how important is it? I would like to hear this in your next episode. Thanks for all you do, end quote. Okay, so first I'm going to just go through the definition that is accessible to everyone. You can Google this, um, a very simple definition. When you search this online, the first one, or at least when I did, the first one that comes up is not the form of discretion that we are using when we're talking about it in law enforcement. That one talks about the quality of behaving or speaking in a way so as to avoid um, offending people or, you know, revealing information that's supposed to be private, right? It's about making wise decisions in, in your actions. That is not the form of discretion we're talking about. We're talking about the second uh, definition, which is the freedom to decide what should be done in a particular situation. That is the way the word discretion is used um, typically in the criminal justice system. It's about deciding whether or not to formally and officially uh, push something to the next level in the criminal justice system. So for, for police officers, that is you know, are you going to write that ticket? Are you going to make that arrest? For prosecutors, it is, you know, are we going to take this to trial? Are we going to file formal charges and, and, and push this to trial? For judges, uh, it applies at, at various different levels. It definitely applies in sentencing. They have, they have broad discretion when it comes to someone who's already been convicted of a crime or pled guilty of a crime and um, how they want to go about you know, meeting out punishment for that crime. So it applies at every level. Um, it is about deciding what should be done given the totality of the circumstances uh, in, a, in a certain situation. That is how it's used in law enforcement. Some people think it's a bad thing and some people think it's a positive thing. The reality is there's good and bad that comes along with it. So we're going to talk about both sides of that and I'll share kind of my um, general thinking on discretion in law enforcement and in the criminal justice system. 
All right, so we're going to start with the bad or the argument for why discretion is bad. And the primary um, argument I hear most often in this regard is that discretion is basically a doorway through which bias and abuse of power can enter into the law enforcement profession. It's a way that uh, prejudice and or racism, for example, can, can infuse an officer's decisions in the field. So if an officer has the ability to choose who to cite or arrest, they, for example, might be more harsh on a group with whom the, they disagree with or a group that they're prejudiced against. Now, there's, the real issue there is that the officer has prejudice against a certain group, right? But discretion is the doorway through which that prejudice can enter um, in effect, or enter that situation and affect that citizen unfairly. Now, departments around the country are trying to find ways to curb this type of abuse of power. Um, for example, my old department, we had tra- what we call traffic cards. Every time you made a traffic stop, you filled out, there were like ACT, SAT, bubble, um, you know, you fill in the bubble A, B, C, D, whatever, um, cards. And basically what they did was they recorded the date, the time, um, the nature of the stop, the race of the individual stopped, the outcome of the stop, right? Basically, the important aspects of this encounter with a civilian, the idea being that if there is uh, prejudice that is being enacted, you know, through these uh, proactive uh, stops, traffic stops, that it, it's going to show up in that data. Uh, the result of the the research and the data from those cards was that there was no indication of prejudice for our department, and that's that's a good thing. Chicago's done something similar, where they they started making officers fill out a similar card um, detailing such details that I just described every time that they contact, uh, they, they make a stop, they, they stop and talk to someone on the street, whatever. And it's the, the idea is the same to try to track those stats, the demographic data and the outcomes of those encounters to see if there's some sort of, um, inequality taking place there. And that seems to be the direction the law enforcement community and profession is heading in general. Uh, a little bit more oversight, more data, more uh, ability to look at what's going on in the day-to-day uh, interactions with our communities and try to decipher whether or not there's any issues going on there. And that, that's a good thing, in my opinion. No, I understand it's a pain. I had to fill out the cards every time I made a traffic stop that it's just one more piece of paperwork that as an officer, you feel like just gets in the way of you being able to do your job. Because instead of getting out there and trying to find criminal activity, you're sitting there in your cruiser filling out this card 
and it does it does impact your ability to do your job um but the reality is it is important we have to we have to be able to show the civilian world we have to be able to show our communities that we are out there doing what's in their best interest and we're as as police officers as departments and, and law enforcement agencies, we're not um, unfairly targeting uh, certain groups of people within that com- within our communities, uh, and that's one way that we can do that. Now, the good side of discretion. Discretion allows for human decency and grace to infuse the cold and unbending nature of the written law. The law, as written, does not take into account the characteristics of the situation in which you find yourself as a police officer trying to decide whether or not you're going to write that ticket, whether or not you're going to make that arrest. Now, if we, as civilians, were cited or charged or arrested for every offense of the law that we ever committed, mass incarceration would be an undeniable fact. Some of you may think it already is. It is not. Um, but we'd all be in jail at some point in life. We'd all be career criminals because, first of all, you don't even know all the laws that are on the books. It's impossible um, for someone to know each and every single law that applies to them at any given moment. It's not possible. There's far too many. And we break them on a regular basis, whether you realize it or not. And and, and I'm not saying we're all murderers, but it's little stuff. I mean, you go one mile over the speed limit, you just broke the law. And if discretion doesn't exist, you should be given a speeding ticket. But that's ridiculous. I'll give you an example from my time um, behind the wheel of a cruiser when I stopped a middle-aged woman, and she wasn't going um, extremely fast. She was probably going between 10 and 15 miles an hour over the speed limit. I I typically didn't stop anyone unless they were going at least 10 over um, or more than 10 over, but I stopped this uh, soccer mom, basically, it'd be the best way to describe it. She's driving a minivan and, you know, I go up and I make contact with her. She's obviously emotionally distressed from the very beginning. And this is common because a lot of times just getting stopped by the police can create, um, some very obvious signs of emotional distress. Uh, I feel it when I get stopped by the police. It's not a good feeling. So it starts out relatively normal, right? This, this lady's, she's upset. And, you know, my first assumption is, well, she's upset because I stopped her. But as I continue to talk to this, this lady, I realize that there's something else going on. And so I, you know, I, because I do care about the people in my community, that's my job. It's to protect them, to care for them. I asked her if everything was okay. She then proceeds to explain to me through tears that her teenage daughter is pregnant and she just found out. 
She's on her way home to confront her daughter about this issue. And if you have kids, especially daughters, you can pretty easily imagine what that would be like as a parent. You just found out that your baby girl is doing stuff that you probably had no idea what was going on, and she's pregnant. That is a huge inflection point in in any parent's life because the reality is the parents are now parenting their grandkid for a while while that teenager still continues to grow up and go to school. You know, some officers might say, well, she probably is pulling one over on you and she's trying to get out a ticket. If that were true, which it wasn't, because as an officer who'd been on the road for plenty long enough to know when someone's lying to me, this lady was not making this up. This is a real situation. Um, if that were true, is it really that big of a deal? She got away with um, driving 10 to 15 miles an hour over the speed limit. In the grand scheme, no, it really isn't. But the reality is this woman was going through a very traumatic life event and probably wasn't really thinking about how fast she was driving uh, or worried about the police writing her a speeding ticket at that time. And would it have been beneficial in any way for me to write her a ticket in that moment? And the answer, in my opinion, is no. Was she breaking the law? Yes. But discretion allowed me in that situation to infuse decency and grace into a cold and unbending law. The law says, you broke me, here's your ticket. But grace says, we're all human, we all make mistakes. I understand, I can sympathize with your situation, and I'm going to make a decision as an officer that that creates the best outcome for you as, as a civilian, as a part of the community that I'm sworn to protect. Writing that woman a ticket would only have caused her to resent all of us in uniform needlessly. It, it made no sense whatsoever. And you run into situations like that in, in various degrees all the time as an officer. Now, a lot of times, it's just an excuse. People come up with all kinds of excuses. I pulled over a, uh, a, a firefighter on our city's fire department one time while I was still in training. So I had a training officer in the cruiser with me. And again, he was, I don't know how fast he was going. He was going like 15 over, I think. And uh, at that time, that was a guaranteed ticket because I, I was a rookie. I didn't understand discretion like I do now at that time because I didn't have the perspective that I needed to understand how discretion, how, how powerful discretion could be. So this firefighter, as I, you know, I stop him, I go up there, talk to him. He's bouncing around in the seat of his truck and explains to me that he's about to, um, how do I put this? He's about to ruin his driver's seat. And so I go, I go back to the cruiser and explain this to my FTO, basically asking permission, hey, can I, do I have to write this guy a ticket? Because it's going to take me 10 minutes and that's probably not going to end well for this guy. 
again, could he have been making it up? Sure. Um, but if he wasn't, that's kind of a really crappy thing to do to somebody. No pun intended. So I let him go. And that unknowingly was one of the first examples or first um, ways in which I got to exercise discretion. And as I went through my career, I learned that discretion should be used, in my opinion, liberally. I tried to look at every situation as if it, if as, as if it was, a, was a situation in which I was dealing with someone I knew. If that was my mom, would I write the ticket? If that was my brother, my friend, someone that I, I knew and cared for, would I take the same action that I was about to take on this person? And usually the answer was, no, you would try to find a way. You would put in the extra effort to avoid having to create a formal charge against that person. Another example that came up at my time with my department was we had uh, a few teenagers hop a hotel pool, right? So they climbed the fence or got into the pool. Uh, I, I think they climbed the fence because it was like after hours. And, um, you know, they, they're swimming in the pool. They're not supposed to be there. Police get called. We show up. We grab these kids. And the officer who was in charge of that uh, district was known for having extremely high arrest statistics. He, he made a ton of arrests. And part of it was because he did work hard. He made a lot of stops. He arrested lots of DUIs. He found lots of drugs. All great things. And discretion is and should be used far less in those types of situations uh, because those are more serious crimes. However, in this case, you have some teenagers who were not known for being in trouble hopping a pool. I did this um, all the way up until being a police officer. <laughs> They're kids. Do they need to be thrown into a dysfunctional criminal justice system? Is that going to help them? Or maybe should we just drive them home, explain to their parents that they are committing the criminal act of trespassing and can be formally charged and they need to knock it off and deal with it as parents. I pick option two, personally. But this other officer, instead of using discretion, chose to pad his stats. And I don't know, he probably got four or five, quote-unquote, misdemeanor arrests out of that case, even though they were completely pointless and probably didn't go anywhere because it's in the juvenile system. It's a waste of time. It was a waste of taxpayer money. And it took many officers off the street for probably a good 45 minutes to an hour just to deal with this juvenile situation. Now, if every time a police officer saw someone violate traffic law and they made a stop and wrote a ticket, we would all rightfully hate police officers, me included. Unfortunately, far too many law enforcement officers write tickets that don't need to be written, just like the example uh, that I just gave. Now, 
a fellow officer of mine, he worked at a neighboring department, once said to me, we were talking about uh, traffic stops and speeding and, and whatnot, kind of how we approach those issues. And he said, quote, I don't write good people tickets, end quote. And at first, it really took me back. And when I say at first, it took me probably years to kind of work that statement out for me. Because to me, it sounded like a great way to allow your bias to influence your decisions. Because how do you define good people? And I don't know how it applied for him and what he meant, how he defined good people. But for me, there is a way for that statement to work. And that is, if you mean that you don't write traffic tickets to people who are honest, who are not career criminals, and aren't currently committing a crime that you know of, I agree with that statement. I think that if people are generally law-abiding citizens who are just going about their everyday life, and they commit a minor traffic infraction, which speeding is included in that, that most of the time, a vast majority of the time, they do not deserve a ticket. What is the purpose of a traffic stop? That's really what this comes down to, because I know there are officers out there listening to this going, this is blasphemy. How dare he say this? But what is the purpose of a traffic stop? Is it to generate revenue for the department, the courts, the judges, the state, the city? In too many cases, I, I do think this is true. Um, depending on where you go, a citation for the same exact traffic infraction can, can cost um, very little or a lot. And to me, that's an indication that uh, some jurisdictions are, are reaching into the wallets of its citizens uh, via traffic infractions. And to me, that's wrong. I, to me, that's a violation of citizens' rights. Shouldn't be using, um, using law enforcement as a, as a revenue generation uh, service. They are to be a service to the public. And if it's overly punitive when someone receives a ticket for a traffic infraction, that's, that's not fair. It's not right and it's not just. Um, so no, it should not be to generate revenue. Is it to generate statistics that make yourself look good as an officer? No, obviously not. And if you do use traffic stops... Um, that way you write tickets that way so that you look better than your peers and it's a personal selfish goal trying to get yourself promoted for example then you're just a selfish asshole quite frankly so what is it then what's the point of a traffic stop of traffic enforcement of law enforcement in general well, what I was taught at a very, very early stage in my career was that our job as officers, when it comes to the law enforcement part of our job, because we're really public safety servants, is 
arguably more important, right? Um, law enforcement is a part of keeping the public safe. But when it comes to the law enforcement aspect of what we do, our goal is to generate voluntary compliance with the law and for the safety of the public. So we're trying to get people to obey the law without us having to intervene. So you stop a car for speeding, the goal is to get that person in the future not to speed. Does it require a ticket every time you have that encounter? For most people, the answer is no. And the reality is if they are a person who tends to drive faster, writing the ticket isn't really most likely in most cases going to change that. And if it is someone who doesn't tend to speed a lot, writing a ticket isn't going to change that either because they usually don't speed. And all it's going to do is make them resent police because they are trying to go about their lives and be a good person. When you write that ticket, it tells them, hey, you're not a good person. The government is going to punish you for making a simple mistake, for being human. That's where that grace comes in. And when, when I see officers writing tickets for often arbitrary and silly little infractions, to me it says they are not aware of their own, or not acknowledging, it's probably the better way to put it, not acknowledging their own humanity. Because each and every single one of us requires grace when it comes to the law. Like I said earlier, if, we, if there was no discretion and every time we violated the law, a formal charge was placed against us, we would all, including all law enforcement officers, be criminals, career criminals, regular criminals. So this, this thinking, and I've said it before, and I'm not afraid to say it again, this is most commonly seen in state troopers. This philosophy of blindly writing tickets without any sort of discretion. Um, this, like, I make my decision before I talk to the driver kind of thinking ignores the fact that we all need grace sometimes. And yeah, it might be easier, but it, in my opinion, isn't right. It doesn't help our law enforcement community and it doesn't help our communities that we serve. So the first purpose of a traffic stop is to generate voluntary compliance of the law. And the second, um, and this, this applies and is the, the reason behind proactive policing, is to find out if there's any criminal activity going on, right? You stop a car to, to see, does this person look like they're intoxicated, they're on drugs, does the car smell like drugs, um, are there weapons in the vehicle, etc.? And if the answer is no to these things, in my opinion, 90% of the time, the officer should be walking away from that encounter saying, have a nice day, and leaving that civilian with a higher level of respect for law enforcement, a better appreciation for what we do, and 
an example of a police officer who cares about the people that he or she serves and has the humility and ability to show grace toward those people. But what about times when you don't get to choose the encounter? When the radio injects you as an officer into a situation? Well, most of the time we're being called to stabilize a situation. And sometimes, a lot of times, it's a situation where the police really don't belong, but we get called anyways and so we go. Well, most of the time a solution can be reached that doesn't involve arresting someone, even though many times there is um, evidence, there is probable cause to believe that someone did commit a crime prior to you arriving as an officer. But finding a solution that doesn't involve actually arresting someone saves, number one, the taxpayers, a lot of money. It saves the officers, the prosecutors, the judges, time. And it keeps good people who may have just had a bad day out of a broken criminal justice system. Now, our system may be the best or very close to the best. That's up for debate in the world when it comes to criminal justice system as a whole. However, it is still broken and it still can't function if we don't use discretion. Which brings me to my last point on this, and that is discretion, whether you like it or not, given the good and the bad, is necessary. If we charged every violation of the law, ignoring like, okay, so not every violation, but every violation that officers were aware of, Every time you see someone make a wide turn, not use a blinker, go one mile over the speed limit, every time you get sent to a call and you find out that someone did violate any law, if we charged that person, if we wrote the ticket, made the arrest every single time, our criminal justice system would not work. There aren't enough cops, lawyers, judges, clerks, support personnel, in the world to make this work. Discretion allows the system to work. It's just like the, the plea bargain system when it, when it comes to the courts. If we didn't plea bargain, the vast majority of cases that the prosecutor, that, lands on, that land on the prosecutor's desk, we would break our court system more than it already is. So in the end, in my opinion, Discretion is a net positive. It has to be balanced with effective oversight and accountability, but it's necessary. And when done well is a net positive. And in my opinion, we need more of it when it comes to officers' interactions with the public. And if you are an officer, I would encourage you to look within yourself and look at the way that you do your job and ask yourself, Am I recognizing and acknowledging the humanity of the people that I deal with? Am I being fair to them in the sense that if that were my mom, my brother, my sister, my son or daughter, would I still make that same decision? 
if you can answer yes, if you if you're approaching your interaction with the public that way, yes, it's more difficult. Yes, it requires more time, more self-control, more wisdom. But in the end, in my opinion, you're doing your community true service. And if you tend to be one who sees things in more black and white, and that's how I think, by the way, I'm very black and white thinker, um, analytical, very logic based. If you tend to look at situations and go, listen, they committed a crime. My job is to enforce the law. Boom. Easy peasy. Decision made. I would encourage you to look at your own life and think about all the times you made a mistake. All the times that you did something wrong or broke the rules and nobody found out about it. And consider if someone had found out what would have been the best response to that? Did you deserve to be arrested, to be formally charged with whatever violation you committed? Or look at the times that you did get caught doing something wrong and how that experience went and how you felt and how it impacted your life. I think if you do that, if we all do that, we'll realize that grace is more powerful than a cold and unbending written law that does not take into consideration our humanity. That is the good, the bad, and the necessary of discretion as it applies to law enforcement and to our criminal justice system. I hope that helps answer your question, Ryan. I hope it helps you uh, see more clearly what we mean in the law enforcement community when we talk about discretion and hope it provides some food for thought for those in the profession now um, who are, are changing, molding the reputation of police officers every day. Alrighty then, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in. Our listenership continues to grow. Uh, I am amazed and taken aback every time I look at our stats and see how many of you are tuning in every month to Police Academy podcast. You are all amazing. Uh, I continue to receive regular uh, emails from our listeners, and I love getting emails from you guys and gals. Um, it's what keeps this show, has kept this show on the air, quote unquote, um, on the web, as it were. So if you have thought about uh, reaching out to us, don't hesitate to do it. Police Academy Podcast at gmail.com is the best way to do that. We will get back to you. Um, we love hearing from all of you who listen to this show. It, 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 just realize that when we're recording, this is a quiet, uh, this is a one-way conversation. It's me and a mic, right? I am not sitting in front of the thousands and thousands of people who listen to this show every two weeks that it comes out. I can't see you. I can't hear your response unless you write it um, in an email. So email us at policeacademypodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, uh, especially if you have any suggestions, uh, anything you would like to see in a membership for Police Academy Podcast. 
We are working on a Patreon-based uh, membership for Police Academy. The new episodes, uh, the main uh, meat and potatoes of Police Academy, which is the podcast that you're listening to right now, uh, is not going away. I, I created this show so that people could find truth in relation to, in the realm of law enforcement, on the topic of police in our country and in the world in general. And that's not going to change. I want everyone to have access to this. However, there may be changes like older episodes, which would be classified as the archive, being taken off of the public stream and put into the membership package. So if you want access, um, if you haven't been listening for years, as many of you have and have already uh, listened to every episode we have, then you know you would pay for uh, pay a, a low fee every month to have access to the library. That would be one example of part of this membership. Now that's not set in stone. I just I offer that as an example. Um, it's not the best example because what I want to do on top of that is to offer new um, and additional content, not just not hide stuff behind a paywall. That's not our goal and like I said it's not set in stone I don't like the idea of taking episodes off the air so if you have ideas as to as to content that we can provide or service that we can provide um, that would be beneficial to the listenership as a whole I'm I, I want to hear it so email us policeacademypodcast at gmail.com let us know uh, any suggestions you have the top things that we're looking at right now are um, like a forum type discussion board where you guys can ask questions, have conversations with me and with each other because I'm having conversations with you all the time through email, but it's one-on-one -on -one and I want to expand that to the entire uh, audience, at least to the entire membership audience. So uh, that's one example. Uh, another would be uh, extra content like extra videos, extra um, like side uh, podcast episodes on uh, on special topics, etc. that are only available through the membership. So if you have any suggestions, reach out to us. Again, don't forget to check out How to Win Friends and Influence People on Audible. You can find that via the link audibletrial.com forward slash police academy podcast. If you care about your future professionally, and you are not one of the very few who are gifted, um, who have the gift of gab and can make friends with a rock, then that book uh, will make you more influential, uh, will help you develop deeper um, friendships faster, and that will inherently help you in your uh, career and in life in general. So go check it out, How to Win Friends and Influence People on Audible. Uh, the link is audibletrial.com forward slash police academy podcast. And the last thing I want to say is keep your head up. And we, we say do good, do good, be strong, fear nothing every episode. And what that's about is, I mean, continue to do good despite the fact that everywhere you look around you, things seem like they're falling apart. Times are crazy right now, whether it's politics, society, culture, it seems like everyone hates everybody else. But there are more good people out there than you realize. And I encourage you, because I know you 
um, are predominantly, preferably hopefully all of you, are good people on the inside, be the one to show the, those around you the good that's in within you. Oftentimes it just takes one person to take the risk to step out on a limb and, and be kind to someone else that they run into on a chance encounter. To change some, someone's day, their week. Who knows, that person that's being a jerk to you or to someone else might be depressed and about to, you know, ready to commit suicide. And the light that you bring into their life by being kind to them could save their life. I mean, that's a drastic example, but it happens all the time. You never hear about it because nobody knows. You never know how you're going to impact somebody else, but keep your head up. There's a ton of good people out there. You are one of them. Show the world that there's good, um, that, that people uh, still have the capacity for grace, compassion, and and for good. And with that, I bid you all adieu. We'll see you all next time. As always, do good, be strong, fear nothing.